Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. everybody to Wrestling Omakase. It is episode number 214 and this week I am pleased to be joined by a returning guest. Hello Quinlan. Hi. That's your first time back on the free feed in a while. You're speaking to the masses now instead oh. of just the patrons. Okay. Because so, the last, I think the WrestleMania Retro Roulette was definitely Patreon only. I think whatever, was your last episode before that the review of uh, Sengoku Lord? It that was, was anniversary pa- show. Oh, uh, anniversary show. Anniversary um, roulette. Did a bunch of anniversary. Oh, roulette. that was also Patreon only. Yeah. And then before that, maybe Sengoku Lord, which was also Patreon only. Sure. So it's been a while since the free feed has heard you. So how do you? What, what do you want to say to all the freeloaders? Hi, guys. How about pay five dollars? Uh, sure. Yeah. There you go. Uh, <laughs> what's up, everybody? <laughs> so okay, this is gonna be a little bit of a weird episode. So when I planned out the month of May, uh, obviously. The idea was we were going to be building up to a Tokyo Dome show at the end of May, right? That was the original plan, the Grand Slam in Tokyo Dome. That is obviously no longer happening. Well, not in May. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've, uh, Mm, you know, delayed it indefinitely. I I thought maybe they said, like, they'll have a date soon. They won't. They did have a, they did say they have a date soon. Well, they plan on doing it. They do plan on doing it. This year. This year. So, you know, whether it's in June or July or who knows, um... I did. I changed the Patreon series because we were going to do all the, the Tokyo Dome main events again. Mm. That was my plan on the the Patreon, but now we're going to change that over to a famous like New Japan feud. So the patrons can go on there and vote. By the way, through Monday morning, uh, to choose their either Naito Okada, Naito Ibushi, or Naito Tanahashi. We're going to watch all those matches in order. Should be a lot of fun. About Inoki and uh... no, those are three that we can choose oh, between. Sure. Naito Tanahashi is winning by a lot so far. Okay. So it's probably, gonna, it's probably going to be Naito Tanahashi. Um, but yeah, we're still going to do the Tokyo Dome Retro Roulette because I already scheduled it. So, you know, uh, maybe we'll just do another one of these towards the actual 
to- towards the actual show. I mean, there's plenty of Tokyo Dome matches, you know. Mm. But so the general idea here, if you've never heard of Retro Roulette before, is we're gonna pick six Tokyo Dome shows randomly. Now, not just January Fourth, not just New Japan. It could be anything. Um, and then you know, each of the shows we pick a random match. We will not get any main events because again, I'm doing a series on the Patreon covering all the Tokyo Dome main events in order. So the main events will not be included. So it's basically non-main event Tokyo Dome Retro Roulette. Hopefully that's not too complicated. But yes, if you're wondering at the end of the day why there's no main events, it's because we uh, they're not eligible. So we'll see what we get uh, other than the main events. So anything that's a main event, we're covering you know on the Patreon series, which, like I said, will resume at some point uh, closer to when they announced the new Grand Slam in Tokyo Dome. The first time I started that series, which you can listen to, uh, all of it on the Patreon right now, all of it that's up so far, uh, at patreon.com slash wrestlingomikase, we got up through 95. So I did everything from the first Dome shows, uh, which were a lot of really cool stuff. I mean, not just New Japan. In the early days of Tokyo Dome, you know, all Japan ran it with the WWF. <laughs> and... Uh, SWS ran it with the WWF. That was the Eyeglass Puro company, the founded by the Eyeglass company. Uh, but then, like, UWFI, or not UWFI, I'm sorry, UWF, the newborn one, the second one, before the giant split of shoot style promotions, they ran it. Uh, <clears throat> Pro Wrestling Fujiwara Gumi ran it, which was one of the, the splits off. And, you know, a name that you'll recognize that was on that show was a very, very, very young. Minoru Suzuki. Suzuki. Yeah. On the Fujiwara Gumi show. His first time in the Tokyo Dome in like 1991. I think we just had the anniversary of when the song was created for him. But I saw a picture on Twitter of like a very young Minoru Suzuki in the studio with the, with the singer. Oh yeah, with the Yumi, uh, Yumi Hazaki, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. Um, so yes, there's all sorts of wacky stuff in the early days of Tokyo Dome. As you go on, it starts to become just New Japan. But, you know, there's all sorts of other shows we covered on that series. Where we're going to resume on the Patreon... Will be the um, you know right the new New Japan versus UWFI feud, so that'll be a lot of fun to cover as we get to the mid to late nineties. Uh, but yes, Quinlan's like trying to tell me to wrap it up or something. We haven't even picked the matches yet, so we're just recording the intro. I'm excited to know what matches we get. Okay, so what else has been going on though? You don't want there's nothing else you want to talk to the people about. Um, how about how great my birthday party was since yeah, you were there? It was fun. Uh, I picked a great I, restaurant. I still want to know what that game room was, but I guess I want to know. <laughs> it was like all boarded up. There were so many signs leading to it, and you couldn't even see inside. <laughs> yeah, we were walking through um, the <clears throat> Industry City, I think it's called, in Brooklyn, which is like these all these like abandoned warehouses, basically. They turned into all these restaurants and stuff. And yeah, there's like all these signs for a game room. So like, I want to see what the game room is. And you have to walk so fucking far through all from warehouse to warehouse Almost to warehouse and we finally get to this game room and it's boarded up yeah so i don't know we don't even know <laughs> we'll never know what the game room was well, one day maybe it'll reopen um but yeah we the restaurant i picked was great i love that waku waku place. really good alcohol yeah the, the hot sake at the end right mm. Where i thought we were ordering four shots we actually ordered four bottles yeah <laughs> but uh i got really fucked up last week folks you were like close you were, I was pretty bad. You were pretty drunk. I I've saw, been much drunker before, but... but I saw you. You were, like, gone. <clears throat> I was the most drunk. That was, like, the... I think I was more drunk the last time I went to AC and I got the Centauri and Coke. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But You were pretty drunk, though. Not you, the drunkest I've ever been. You were the second most drunk there after me. I got so fucked... Mm, yeah, you're I think, probably right. I think you're you probably were. right. I, I got so fucking drunk... In that, our group. I saw people when we got outside that were really <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, it's true. Worse than either of us. Um... I don't know about me. I was so drunk, like, you know, it, probably 
the most drunk I've been since that party. Yeah, where you like fell 10, down the stairs. Like 10 years ago. And kept asking me if I was okay. Um, but yeah, like anytime, for people who don't drink, I guess, or people who do drink and don't wear glasses, anytime you are so drunk that you can't tell if you're wearing your glasses or not because it's that blurry, you're pretty drunk. Yeah. So that was me the whole ride back. To the hotel, so uh, and then you threw up too, and then I threw up. I don't know why you had to tell the, the you had to tell the fucking listeners about my vomit. I, f- I feel proud that I've never thrown up from drinking. I so. yes you. Oh my god! I, I almost reacted like it, you said something for me. Uh, this motherfucker. I if you don't remember, it never happened. <laughs> I remember it, and I have no memory. Of Many this. people so, remember it. This is fake news. So we're in Quinlan's house right now. Okay, um, Quinlan has a large house. He's very his family's very rich. And there's this one living room where, you know, it's quite large, okay? He vomited so much in this living room, he covered 75% of the fucking floor. And I swear to God, I'm not exaggerating. There was more floor covered by vomit than there was floor not covered by vomit by a lot. But I don't remember any of this. Okay, well, that was the drunkest Do you know how long ago that was? How long ago was it now? It's now been 11 years. Really? Yeah. Wow. Time just marches on, I guess. But mm-hmm. uh, there you go. I did not expect vomit to be the pre-show topic today. Anyway, yes. But that's what happened. Uh, but yes, you, you got me there with that. I was like, mm. this motherfucker. I didn't realize you were doing a bit. It's like, because I remember. I, I, you know, I actually, no, I didn't clean up. Who cleaned no. up the... Ethan and his girlfriend did. I believe so. <laughs> Which is like... That whole night is blackness to me, so I'm just going from what you told me. <laughs> yeah, I think they were the ones who cleaned up. And my... That was also the night that my girlfriend at the time... Um, I put a trash can and she moved her directly head. into her face when she said she had to throw up. She looks at the trash can. <laughs> she looks at me. She turns her head and throws up on my arm. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" But that's... I do remember tripping you that night, seeing you run by to give her a glass of water, and I just grabbed your foot and tripped you. I yeah. was on the floor, I think. I want to be. I want to make clear that is not Nicole, the one I just talked about. That was my girlfriend at the time. Yeah, like I said, this was eleven years. This ago. was eleven years ago. Time is. I mean, I've been with Nicole a long time. It's been like eight years now. Yeah. But I mean, this was still before that. This yeah. is the night, day before the Super Bowl, two thousand nine. Yeah. So. Wow. What were we doing? We, it was always oh, to play that game. We, we, it wasn't. Was that, it? Had nothing to do with the Super Bowl the next day. It was. What was it wasn't even the day of the Super Bowl. We were going to play Dokapon Kingdom. Kingdom. That never happened. That never happened. <laughs> oh God. Sean was there too. And, in peace. Yeah, and but, uh, yeah. he was also vomiting. He was also but Ethan and his girlfriend. Yeah. Anyway, what a, Tokyo what a Dome. Tokyo Dome. <laughs> yeah. So we just right into the Tokyo Dome. Tokyo Dome. Dokapon. Did we ever actually play that game together, Dokapon Kingdom? We have before. Oh, just we not did that before. night. Because that was so. That was like what a PS2 game. It was kind of like it was a like Mario between. Party and like an RPG. Yeah, it kind of reminds me if anyone's ever heard because I, I haven't played much of them. The Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles game, mm. they're like an RPG meant to be played by multiplayer. Yeah, and this was kind of like that. It was so like we that's of, how we convinced <clears throat> Ethan to come because our friend I Ethan does not drink. So. Yeah, for people listening, and he he came over and got sucked into this debauchery. Yes, but uh, it was something. Anyway, so Tokyo Dome Retro Roulette. Uh, we're gonna. Be back in a sec. So if you listen to these episodes before, we since we're here together, basically we, we watch the match, we stop, we record, we watch the match, stop, record. So we get on basically right after we watch each match so it's fresh. So there you go. Uh, so let's go ahead and hit the stop button. Uh, we'll pick our matches and then we will get back to you with whatever the first match is because, again, we haven't even picked it yet. Okay. All right. So we just watched our first match. Now, we didn't record after we picked our six matches. 
against the rules? No, it's fine. I just say on the WrestleMania one, I think we did. Uh, I was a little disappointed with the randomizer this time. Like we're gonna go in chronological order here, but like you can see, we're starting with a match from two thousand one, so it skipped over a lot. Like the randomizer didn't give us anything from the late eighties or nineties, and it gave us like a match from two years ago, which you know, mm. I don't really know if we need to revisit that already. Uh, but we're starting off here with the All Japan Kings Road New Century, which was January twenty eighth, two thousand one. Uh, so this card, you know, this is a really interesting show. If people haven't read. Uh, I always recommend this on the the one match series, the book Eggshells by Chris Charlton, which is like it basically goes over all the Tokyo Dome series and all the Tokyo Dome matches in history. And again, I want to stress, I don't think I really plugged it before. Patreon.com slash wrestling omakase, uh, five dollars a month, and you get you can listen to all of my uh, Tokyo Dome main events up through ninety five. It's a lot, that series is a lot of fun. Plus, we got lots of other stuff coming up too, like I said earlier. Anyway. So I always mention that series, you know, the, the Eggshells book. It really will go over a lot of, like, the history and, like, what was going on in the companies. This was, like, such a weird show because All Japan really had no business running a Tokyo Dome show. Like, if you don't know the whole history of All Japan, you're talking about January 28, 2001. Uh, less than, like, what, six months or, like, five months ago, they've lost the entire roster. Mm-hmm. Every single Japanese wrestler in the company... <clears throat> Except uh, Toshiaki Kawada and one of the wrestlers we're going to talk about here, Masanabu Fuji, they all left to form Pro Wrestling Noah. The whole roster. I mean, I don't know. You know, it'd be like if basically if every single person knew Japan, except except uh, I don't know Naito and I'm trying to think of a Fuji. Naito, Naito and Nagata probably makes the most sense. Like the the one B. Uh, yeah, that's that's not a real attendance. Like the one B guy, which is Knight, which was a Kawada. And, you know, the the old, like, statesman guy. Like, pretty much, if Naito and Nagata were the only two wrestlers in New Japan, every single other Japanese wrestler, maybe the, a bunch of the foreigners stayed, but, like, every single other Japanese wrestler left the company. So, like, imagine New Japan trying to run a Tokyo Dome show, uh, you know, five months after they just lost the entire roster except Naito and Nagata. That'd be pretty weird. Yeah. It'd be pretty difficult. So, you know, I mean, they... They used a lot of New Japan guys on the show because All Japan started working with New Japan pretty much right after the exodus happened, which is, you know, we have a New Japan guy in this match. And, you know, the main event here, obviously that wasn't eligible, but it was Kensuke Sasaki and Toshiaki Kawada against Genichiro Tenru and Hiroshi Hase. So you had, again, you have Sasaki and Hase who were New Japan guys at this point. You have Tenru who just came back uh, from the war promotion to, like, basically... Because he, he originally had split from All Japan... To form SWS back in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. So it was ironic that he came back as like this big savior uh, when they split again here with Noah. And you have Kawada, obviously, who's one of the only two natives who stayed. But yeah, if you look up and down the card, I mean, it's a ton of like, you know, you have a 13-man battle royal with all sorts of weird indie guys and then like some Toriumon guys. Uh, you have like a random lucha match. Um, you know, you've got like other weird scummy indie guys from the time, like, uh, you know, yeah, Masahito Kakihara and Mitsuya Nagai will become regulars. No mascaras enough. Yeah, that was, a, that was a lucha match. Yeah. Uh, you got like the the random the random Americans match with all the Americans who stayed and some other guest stars. Gary Windham, Kurt Henning, Mike Rotunda Terrifying. against George Hain, George Hines, Jim Steele, and Johnny Smith. Yeah, Terry Funk worked the show. 
Abdullah. Um, this was, I think, the... Who the, is Giant Camilla? Is that Kamala? No. No, it's a different Giant, giant I think. Uh, let me see if it, who, it, who it is. Yeah, he was like that Ki- Giant Kamala too. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was a different guy. Uh, you know, so you, you have Steve Williams and Mike Barton who stayed. Mm. The former Bart Gunn. Mm. Um, and, yes. and this was like the Stan Hansen retirement show, too. But yeah, Fuji versus Liger is the match we got here. I don't think I said that. Uh, match not with Fuji versus Jushin Liger. It was, a, you know, it was an interesting match to see. So this is during Liger's, uh, like, original black costume period where he's heelish. Mm-hmm. But he's also wrestling heavyweights. So he wrestles as the underdog for the entire match. Which you point out is just weird. Yeah. It's weird that he's the bad guy. But, like... He's he, getting worked over the whole match. Yeah. So the I'm, crowd's just like... Uh. Yeah, the crowd doesn't matter. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. it. This is such a weird... Like, okay, the first 10 minutes of this match are as boring of a first 10 minutes. You're not going to talk about the theme song? Oh, you, you go ahead. You like it so much. So Liger comes out to Liger's song, and then Fuji's theme hits, and the look on your face was so funny. Was like, you don't watch just, a lot of All Japan, no. so you didn't know. I was like, is Tom Cruise wrestling? Yeah, it's because Danger Zone starts Danger playing Zone for me. Pop gun. Like, <laughs> like, like I And Grand Theft Auto 3, I think it was in a lot of time. <laughs> I went to like, I never, Danger Zone. I had no idea that once <laughs> was blared into the Tokyo Dome. Like, it's like it's Multiple good. times, because he would have on the other All oh Japan. Oh my Tokyo god, that was weird. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Um, but yeah, the first 10 minutes, so boring. Mm-hmm. Especially like, okay, so the first five minutes, you know, you got you got these long holds. Fuji does this and one... And that's not something you see in a lighter match. Yeah. At least from the ones I've seen. So yeah. Fuji does this really long leg hold that looks like he's giving this guy a massage. It looks like he's at the chiropractor. Like he... That's something I see. <laughs> that's something I used to do. I get done for my back problems, not to hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> so like Liger I, I, Liger's laying on the mat and Fuji he's like he's looking like a guy at a chiropractor he's like here you go buddy that's uh, yeah so Fuji's like uh, holding painful Fuji's holding onto his leg and like pushing it back and it's like it doesn't look painful at all it looks like I mean it looks like it might hurt but you're like helping him you're stretching the leg like yeah. I don't know it doesn't Look like something I'd tap out out of pain for. He just goes from like one hole to another hole. He goes from that to the STF, STF to a camera. Better tap out sooner. I'll really work, uh, stretch the muscles on his leg. Like, you don't want that. Uh, I don't understand. You know, then we got like one brief moment of excitement here where Liger Mm -hmm. gets out of the STF, hits uh, some slaps to the face, a running knee to the gut, which Fuji sells very well. Mm -hmm. I like to sell like a lot hitting that knee to the gut. But then Liger puts him in a modified Indian death lock. And that goes on for what feels like forever. Fuji escapes. Uh, you know, he chokes Sligo with his boot for what feels like forever. Just, like, minutes 5 to 10, uh, especially, just felt like an eternity. Like, I was like, where the hell is the 10-minute call? And then it finally happened. I was like, oh, my God. Um, Liger did establish himself as the heel when he refused to let go of an armbar around this time, the cross-arm breaker. The crowd did get very mad at him. Yeah. So... Uh, you know, the, the crowd was completely dead for the first 10 minutes, but here they started picking up. And after the 10-minute mark, the match does get really good. Like, I really like everything from from minute 10 to 18. Uh, you know, Liger hits his slaps to the, series of slaps to the face. Fuji counters with a boot to the face. Didn't feel he, like it was going quicker there. He hits a backdrop suplex. Gets an enormous pop from this very light crowd. They claim 53,000 or whatever. There's probably like 10,000 people there. I mean, we couldn't see. It was I all mean, the, darkness. The, the All Japan... You know where the All Japan fans were at this point? Noah. Yeah. That, so, like, you know, it's just not... 
they did not have a, like a real fan base of their own at this point. I mean, it just didn't exist. I mean, the Muto years that were going to start next year in 02, that would rebuild it, you know, to a certain extent. But they had, you know, the All Japan fans were watching Noah at this point. It's where the entire roster went. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, uh, so Liger and Fuji, but after that point, though, Liger and Fuji, you know, hits a big backdrop suplex. Liger no-sells it, hits this big running slap to the face. It might have been a Shote. The, the camera almost completely missed it. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a really badly timed camera cut, but whatever. Uh, you know, Fuji ends up low-bridging Liger to the floor. They fight for a suplex out there, and uh, Fuji ends up, or Liger reverses it and gets a, a front suplex on the on the outside. And then hits a big dive off the top of the floor. That was cool. He hits a Shote in the corner for a two-count, a frog splash for another near fall. Uh, Fuji comes back with this, like, wacky cross-arm neck lock, which looked kind of cool. Like, he had him, like, over his shoulder, over his, over his knee, I'm sorry. Like, laying on his, laying back first on his knee, and, like, had the, the arm wrapped around the throat. It's not a hold you really see anymore, so yeah. that was a cool little hold. Liger, like, raked his eyes to get out, because he's a bad man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fuji then hits this huge backdrop suplex, just drops Liger on his fucking neck. He does it a second time. And Liger's like crawling on the ropes to try to escape. And then Fuji hits a third straight backdrop, all three of these right on his neck. He covers. I, I was, you know, I didn't know who won this. I was sure that was going to be the pin, but Liger kicks out. I was like, wow, I don't know how he survived all that. Uh, Fuji goes for another backdrop, but Liger elbows his way out. Fuji gets a leaping enzigiri when Liger tries to German suplex him, then a big boot. But Liger gets a drop toe hold of all things. Mm. And then immediately gets a Lamanji Star Cradle, and that's the and pin. That's the pin. That was a shocking. I liked that finish a lot. You didn't like that? No, it was good. It was just strange. Yeah, it was like out of nowhere. He just caught him. Uh, and Liger beat him. That's all. Yeah. And then. Fuji's like standing there in disbelief afterward. He goes over to offer Liger a handshake, and Liger. Liger bad man. Bad man. He slaps his hand away. Kishi, and leaves. Bad man. There you go. Doing bad stuff. Uh, so, yeah, this started out as possibly the most boring match of all time, just yeah. through the first 10 minutes. But the last eight were so much fun. So I went three and a quarter. Pretty okay. good match. Uh, I may literally tell you to fast forward to the first ten. Like if you're yeah. gonna if you're gonna decide we're not to watch, you gotta this, watch the the op- uh, the entrance. Yes. Yeah. But then like fast forward to the first ten minutes. Of the and match. you might we didn't mention we we didn't get a good look, but we think we saw a ta- oh yeah Tanahashi. Tanahashi yeah it came out possibly come. Well, he would have been already. I think Liger. he's he's like less than a year away from winning his first title. I think. So maybe it wasn't him. I, I think know. he was out there with him. But I don't think he was like a young boy. At this oh, point. he was just walking yeah, through yeah. the ring. Okay. I think he's pretty close to winning his first title. I forget when he wins that under thirty title. I think it's coming. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but yes, so again, just fast forward to the first 10 minutes. Watch the last 8 minutes. It's great. Uh, next match we're going to be watching. This is going to be a weird one. This is from the same year. This is now the New Japan Indicate of Next. Uh, the October 8th, 2001 Tokyo Dome show. Back when they were still running multiple Tokyo Domes in the, in the year. And the match we got here is Bob Backlund and Tatsumi Fujinami versus Dory Funk and Terry Fu- Dory Funk Jr. and Terry Funk. So... We'll see what that is like. That's not on New Japan World, by the way. I found it on the Chinese high seas. So uh, I will definitely provide the... I'll have the link for this All Japan 1 on YouTube and for this one, uh, this New Japan match in there. But the rest of them can be found on New Japan World. So anyway, yes, uh, give me one sec and we'll be back with that match. All right, so we just finished our second match uh, from the New Japan Indicate of Next Tokyo Dome show on October 8th, 2001. So still in 2001 here. Uh, this was Bob Backlund, Tatsumi Fujinami, beating Dory Funk Jr. and Terry Funk. 
so we found this match. This is not on New Japan World. I found it on the Chinese high seas. Uh, Billy Billy. But uh, that's the name of the site. Billy Billy. You looked at me like... The Chinese the, high seas? The Chinese high seas. You know, like the pirate sea high seas. Anyway. Hmm. Uh, so this was the fifth match of the night here. Um, we So we saw the Billy Billy video clip... And it was like 25 minutes. And we were like, how the fuck did these old... I mean, these guys were really old. Back, in, even in, back then. Really back Dory then. Funk Jr. looked like he did all of his aging <laughs> until then and then just stopped aging since. Like, I, I he saw, looked like he was in his 70s in this match. I saw him live in, in a, I don't know, fucking Tokyo 2016. Gur- on a Tokyo Gurantai right. show in Shinjuku Face in 2016. So 15 years after this, yeah. I saw him live. And he looked ancient here. He looked like Grandpa going to the to the restaurant. Like he, <laughs> he had that hat on. He had the look. I mean, once he got in the ring, he was fine. But I guess, I mean, he just he didn't. He, he looked. He was able to do what people wanted him to do, basically. You know, but, Terry Funk looked pretty much exactly like I remember him in the yeah, Attitude Era. He still looked. Exactly he looked like the same. yeah. He had the chainsaw, chainsaw Charlie. Yeah, there, you know, like WCW, ECW too, all that. Um, Bob Backlund looked old. I don't looked know. old, but could still do stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had the American flag. He was yeah. still very excited. You were in the bathroom when they announced his name. He did did a dance in the ring. And, uh, he was very <laughs> there were a bunch of little comedy spots this match. Yeah, that were kind of. Funny. This is when Bob was starting to get a little wacky, start to lose his. No, mind. no, no, no. Well, after like six his, years. After, yeah, boy, yeah. after because he lost his shit in WWF. Yeah, actually. like 90, 94. For, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, but then he just yeah. Like seven years later, um, but yes, yeah, so. Uh, you know, some of the other stuff on this show. This has a really famous main event that I'm really looking forward to getting to in the one match series on the Patreon. Remember, patreon.com slash wrestling podcasting. Yuji and Yuji Nagata versus Hiroshi Hashi and Keiji Muda. That match is fucking awesome. Just a really amazing match. You know, Akiyama coming into team with Nagata. Uh, there's some other stuff on this show I wouldn't mind getting. Now, none of it, I think, is on New Japan World except for the main event. Yeah. So I don't know if I would have been able to, been able to find half this stuff because a show coming up next, we weren't able to find anything. Um, but yeah, we did, uh, you know, like Kazuki Fujita versus Kensuke Sasaki was the semi-main. That would have been really interesting to talk about. Uh, you know, the opener, a 4-on-2 handicap match. Well, not the opener, the second match. Tanahashi, Kenzo Suzuki, Wataru Inoue, and Yutaka Yoshi against Giant Silva and Giant Singh. You know who AKA Giant Singh is, right? the Great Collar. Yes, Giant Singh is the Great Collar. I remember they had a feud not too long after that, I think, and I heard it was the worst thing in the history of Mexico. Great Collar has a 2.3-4 rating on Cage Match, if you're wondering. Is that higher out than, of higher than, higher, Is that out of 5? That's out of 10. Mm. Higher than Giant Silver is a 1.35. That's out of 2? No, it's not dead. <laughs> uh, but yes. So the match we got here. Hall of Famer. There really isn't much to say about this match. Um, you know. The very, crowd was a lot hotter than they were in that the, first match we watched. The, they, crowd the, loved the, the Funks match. did anything and they were like, Woo yeah! They always love the Funks. If you ever have you ever watched like the Funks in all Japan in the eighties? Uh, I've just heard that they were beloved. They were beloved, yeah. yeah. So it's always they I mean that's why Dory Funk can still go over there to this day. Yeah, to this and yeah. he still loves to go over there. Yeah. He loves how they they love him and he loves them. The so. salary men come out to like they love watching Dory Funk Jr. Um But yeah, I mean there's like a spot. So they start with Dory and Fujinami. For some reason, they both hit the ropes and then both immediately tag out to Terry and Backlund. That was kind of funny. And then they, you know, they grapple. The two of them grapple in the corner. Back, Bob Backlund, like, crawls through Terry's legs and then does a big wacky dance to celebrate. Yes. It was kind of funny. They tag right back to Fujinami. Terry tags back out to Dory. 
And then basically the whole match after that is Terry and Dory working over uh, Bob Backlund. Yeah. And from, before the Fujinami hot tag. But I mean, really do much you know, I mean, there's nothing that. here. You know, uh, Terry does some punches. Back and falls out of the ring. Terry hits a alleged pile driver on the floor that's like the worst pile driver I've ever seen. Yeah. It's like slow motion and like, I get it. You don't want to kill the safe, old guy. Very yeah. safe. Uh, he follows it up with a pretty horrible neck breaker back in the ring, too. Uh, and they I do it. The Funks do a double suplex for a two count. And then we get a, long, a really long arm lock from Dory on Backlund. He tries to cover him a few times. But then Bob Backlund like deadlifts him out of his arm lock and like. Lifts him all the way up and puts him on the corner. And the crowd reacts like they just saw, you know, the greatest spot of all time. Mm. Like, the crowd goes crazy for this. They love Bob Backlund deadlifting this man out of the arm lock. Uh, but, yeah, then, you know, he finally tags in Fujinami. Fujinami throws some kicks at Dory. Uh, locks him in a sleeper. And then transitions over to the dragon sleeper. Terry makes the save. Uh, Bob Backlund gives Terry a very extended atomic drop. Like, just really holds him up there forever. Uh, and then Dory tries for his famous spinning toe hold on Fujinami. But Fujinami escapes and backslides him for the pin. Mm. So, not a lot to this one. Um, I Two and a quarter. I don't know. Below average. Yeah. Wasn't, like, horrible or anything. No, it no. Just, it was short. Yeah, yeah, it was short. But uh really wasn't good, you know. I mean, they're old. What are you going Yeah. When, in 2001. It match for back then. Yeah. Like, then the, yeah. It's, it's funny watching, like, 20 years later, like, oh, this was a nostalgia match 20 years ago. Yeah. And all these guys are still, not only still alive, but all but one of them, I think, is active. I think Bob Backlund's the only one that's official. Uh, no, Terry Funk is pretty much retired. I yeah, think. Terry Funk's retired. I think. But he, not until very recently, I don't think. Yeah. And Dory Funk and Fujinami are still active, I think. Yeah, Fujinami definitely is. And I think Dory it. has been forced into, like, not wrestling for a while due to the pandemic. But yeah, but he was still wrestling for the He pandemic. was still wrestling like right until things went to hell. So so the video file here includes a lot of post-match backstage commentary, including Fujinami telling Bob Backlund, Thank you, Bob. Everyone just marking out over each yeah, other. Yeah, they like, Thank you, Bob. We just won in English. Yeah. Uh, kind of funny. The Funks show up and like shake hands with them. Uh, Bob, They say Bob Backlund's a little wacky, and Backlund's like, I'm Mr. Backlund. Yeah. Because I guess still playing off his WF gimmick from the past seven years. Uh, but yeah, you know, it wasn't horrible. It's about the nicest thing I can say. Uh, you know, if you choose to watch this one, I don't think you'll like come away cursing your no, uh, no. your television or anything. Yeah. Okay, so we can get here into match number three, which I need to remember. I'm not going to announce it because I, I come back and like when the fucking break is over for them, it's like happy. You know, it feels like it's instantaneous, instantaneous, yeah. and I announce the match. So we'll be back right back with the next match. No need to repeat myself. All right, so we jump forward almost exactly one year here. The next one we got was from New Japan's October show in 2002, which was called The Spiral. Uh, again, obviously from the Tokyo Dome, October 14, 2002. Now, this show had, let's see, 9, 10, 11, 12, 14 matches, yeah, counting three dark matches. Um, there's one match. No, there's two matches. It's on there. Nagata Fuji is on here. Uh, what? I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna get to it. So there's 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 two matches from uh, the from this show on New Japan World. The match we got and the main event, which obviously we're not covering, which is Nagata defending the IWGP Heavyweight Title against Kazuki Fujita. Uh, I found one other match looking on Google. I found Joni Lawler, Joni Lawler, who obviously is China, mm. against Masahiro Chono. Uh, oh. So basically, that was the only other match I could find. So. 
you know, the, basically the randomizer here is going to pick one of two, and yeah. it picked this. It picked Bob Sapp versus Manabu Nakanishi, which was the semi-main event. I would have loved to see Hiroshi Tenzan against the fake great Muda, who uh, was some guy named Troy Enders. That would have been kind of funny. Toriyama. Yeah, he teamed he up. Dark with, match. He was managed by the great Kabuki. Uh but yeah, you know, Toriano and Dark Match. The the six man tag opener would have been cool too. Oh. Brian Danielson, Ricky and Reyes, the and Rocky Romero. Yeah, against Liger, Kakahara, and Tiger Mask. Yeah, come from Koji Kanemoto versus Heat for the junior title. Heat, of course, is Minoru Tanaka. I mean, those would have all been cool, but I couldn't find any of them. So what we got here though was quite something. Uh so Sap, you know, this is like I think this is like in the peak of Sap Mania, I guess. Yeah, I'm they to really what, liked them some Sap that crowd. What year did he win the fucking Tokyo Sports MVP? Let's see. Because I don't, I don't remember. Because he's the only foreigner to ever win. Yeah. You brought this up. I mean, it is pretty crazy. Uh, you know, Kenny Omega, as much as he wanted to win it, Didn't never won it. it. This was the year he won the MVP. Yeah. 2002. So there you go. I knew it was like either 01 or 02. He also won rest of the year in Nikon Sports. Was he the guy that was in that episode that's remember we used to go to cons they play that silent library back in the day when anime cons existed that silent (laughs) library game show there was some guy that was a that was a kickboxer that was in was was, was it him it was was bob sap i remember he was really good at singing uh japanese karaoke he sang like a song in japanese and sang it very fluently for what i could i mean i'm not a japanese speaker but it sounded to me really good yeah but uh yeah. So he was really popular in Japan at this time. They yeah. they loved him. So basically, you point out what you compared it to the Brock Lesnar title matches we've had in the last three years, where yeah. it's just a very short eight minute match, but it's all action, just two guys just beating the hell out of each other, and that's what it was. I mean, the the bell rang, they charged like two bulls, and. He uh, sap grabbed Nakanishi, power bombed him. That was the first thing in the match. And he rolled out of the ring yeah. and almost got counted out. And I was like, is this going to be a one thing? It was a giant beast bomb from Sap. Yeah, and then they yeah. kept going. And it was it was never boring. I mean, like I said, the match I saw, it was eight minutes long. So I was yeah. like, oh. And then I'm like, oh, this reminds me. I'm wondering. Reminds me of the Goldberg and Brock, Brock yeah. Lesnar matches. Yeah. And basically every match, Brock, he's, most of his matches have been kept short. Yeah. Like his match with... Uh, Sometimes it really works. Like Finn Balor, the, the Goldberg one at WrestleMania. Yeah. Those are awesome. He had Sometimes, one with Dan Bryan that was really good too. Yeah. Sometimes they're not good though. Yeah, like that one with Seth Rollins at I WrestleMania. I don't even remember this Where one. like low blows him and beats him immediately. That was oh yeah, that, that, was, that was dumb. There's some other dumb ones too. That he had good. one with Drew that was pretty good if I remember right. There's one with... Oh the, no, Drew... Who did... Didn't Drew have a match recently that... Wasn't with Brock, but it kind of reminded me with of Goldberg. Was it with Goldberg? Yes, Goldberg. Remind me of that too. Yeah, yeah, it was like three minutes. Yeah. Like, well, anyway, it's short so, but all action. What was the act? Let's see what the actual match time was here, because obviously eight minutes includes like two seconds of post and pre. And pre, where we hit so the actual silence. match time was six twenty six. Yeah. So six minutes and twenty six seconds. Um, but yeah, so like like you said, it starts with that power bomb. Sap like you know is like all posing. He's like all you know kissing. He's literally kissing he's his biceps. Like, yeah, yeah. While Nakanishi's like on the outside from the power bomb. That power bomb was awesome. Like yeah. the one thing Bob Sap could do very well is hit a giant sit out power bomb. It's more like a layout power bomb. Like he lays himself out when he hits his power bomb. Um, so Nakanishi finally rolls in. He gets this big like standing spine buster, and then immediately instead of covering, like starts ground and pounding. He even throws some like Mongolian chops from there, which I thought was yeah. awesome. And then you're too close to the mic. And then you know, Sap reverses, but like he like starts choking him with one hand, reverse it, and then he throws 
the most bizarre ground and pound I think I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, the one thing about Bob Sapp, he wasn't good, okay? He was not good at, uh, like, doing moves or, like, you know, you know, like, execution of moves. He had incredible charisma. charisma. Get the crowd. Get the crowd going crazy. But, like, so he's doing this ridiculous ground and pound. At one point, he pound. First of all, he pounded his own chest when he pounded the other guy. Second of all, he's throwing. What I don't even know how to describe this. Like, okay. I can't describe. <laughs> Not like Nakanishi's head is on the mat, right? Sap takes his two arms. And it's like he's hitting next to Nakanishi's He's hitting head. the mat on either side I, of Nakanishi's head. But not head. actually hitting Nakanishi. Up and down. Boom, boom, boom. boom I boom. wish there was a camera on us. We're yeah. both doing it. And, like, it looks so fucking ridiculous. I mean, it could not... It's but the crowd the, didn't care. The crowd didn't care, but it was the most ridiculous thing. You, you lost... You stopped looking at that because every ref, like, at ringside yeah. jumped in to get him off. Which was not... Like, I, I thought they were going to end the match right there. Yeah. Like, no, they were, they were just trying to pull And he just jumps up and everyone goes, and all the refs are flying. Yeah. Uh, Nakanishi tries to hit some running knees, hit some shoulder blocks. Sap just stands there, puts Nakanishi down with one shoulder. He then does his own really big shoulder block, almost like a fucking pounce. Yeah. Was a really gets him to his. He lariats Nakanishi out of the ring, although, like you said, it really defies the, the term lariat. Yeah. It's really stretching the term. Uh, he hits a very weak axe handle. He, he puts the rope in his mouth. He, oh, yeah, that was during the powerbomb right there. Uh, he hits he the axe handle from the apron, very weak, actually. Uh, Sap tries like a, a three point stance out there, but Nakanishi dodges him this time, gets a sleeper, and then lifts uh, Sap. Or no, Sap picks Nakanishi up yep. first. And, yeah, straight really. up into the Argentine backbreaker yeah. out of the sleeper. Doing his move. And like he's doing his move. Then he just dumps him back in the ring. That looked cool. But then Nakanishi uh, finally does get the Argentine backbreaker on Sap back in the ring. Which, that was the big impressive yeah. moment of the match for Nakanishi. The crowd went crazy for that. He slams him down. And it honestly looks like Sap. You pointed this out first actually. It looks like Sap is about to cover Nakanishi. Yes. When they hit the mat, it's very weird. It's like, buddy, you just took the move. move yeah, supposed, you're, you're supposed, supposed to be selling. Supposed to it was really weird. Uh, Nakanishi climbs the top rope, hits a chop off of there. Top rope. Uh, that drops Sap to one knee. They both oddly start stomping. Their, that was the weirdest part of the match. Nakanishi starts stomping his foot like he's gonna get go for the ladder, which he used to do all the time. But like Shawn Michaels to him the bat, and starts stomping Sapp with him. And I'm stands like, up and starts stomping with him. I'm like, you're his opponent. You're his opponent. You're not supposed to cheer <laughs> on your opponent. <laughs> It was very so, weird. It's like I was like, "What am I watching?" Yeah, they both start stamping their their fucking. It's like he's together. like, "Yeah, Nakanishi, get him!" Oh wait, that's me. Like it was so bizarre. I was like, "What am I watching?" Uh, oh, this is where he bites the top rope. So they both hit oh, these lariats yeah. on each other. They collide. They don't go down. Then Sap hits his big standing drop kick that knocks Nakanishi to the outside. He bites the top rope, uh, yeah. Ishii style. Yeah, and how intense he is. is uh, Count it out. Count it out, and that's, that's the finish. finish. So, kind of stupid finish. What are you going to do? Uh, they didn't want him to get pinned, I guess. I really was like, I don't know how to rate this. I yeah. mean, it's it's not bad, clearly, yeah. because it's a, it's a crazy spectacle. Well, well, it's bad, but it's fun bad. Yeah, it's I guess. It's a fun so. piece. There are some bad looking Yeah, moves, that is horrible. You're not going to, you're going to have fun. You're yeah. going to have a wacky time. I it's like it. the Brock Goldberg. Well, that was definitely yeah. better than this, though, I think. Yeah, I mean, the type of style yeah. matches they work. Yeah. I gave this three stars, finally. I'm like, yeah. I can't go yeah. lower than that because I had such a great time, but I can't go higher because Bob Sapp was pounding the mat on either side Inside of his, his head. head. <laughs> he was really hitting that mat. Maybe he thought he'd make so much noise and make him more <laughs> deaf. I don't know. 
<laughs> it was something. Lane in the match. Oh, uh, what a match! What a match that was, folks. Okay, so we are halfway done. That is match number three. So I don't know what you're trying to tell me because I'm still recording. So match number four will be up next. So we will see you in a second. All right. So the next one we watched here was from the original Wrestle Kingdom. So we jump forward. Uh, a little over four years. Episode one. Uh, so Wrestle Kingdom one from January fourth, two thousand seven. Uh, a claimed attendance of twenty eight thousand. Mm-hmm. So you can only imagine how few people were here. Probably like ten thousand people or something. I guess. Uh, but yes, this was a interesting card. This is the first one we've gotten up to where like the entire card is on uh, is on New Japan World. So we could have gotten anything. Uh, the main event was Keiji Muto and Masahiro Chono against Tenzan and Kojima. That's the famous match where uh, Muto and Chono like, pay tribute to Hashimoto, who passed away a few years earlier, the, the third musketeer of the three musketeers. Uh, it's a very emotional, obviously. And you have two big title matches below it. I'm, I'm, I just can't get my eyes off that six-minute GBH versus basically the WWE mid-card trio. Buchanan, D'Lo, Buchanan Brown, D'Lo Brown, and Travis Tomko against Makabe, Ishii, and Yano. What? That's like a match I someone creating, th- like, 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 fire for wrestling. I think they were R-O-N-D at that point, maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so, that was an All Japan stable. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of All Japan on this show. There's Kawada against Nakamura. That's fourth from the top. There's Tanahashi and Taiokea, so that's the semi-main event. Tanahashi defending the IWGP Heavyweight title against Taiokea. Uh, there's a you know there's other like Kazayashi is on this show. Um, you know, Nosawa Ranga is on this show. I I Milano. can't get, I can't. Oh yeah, Milano. Well, Milano was a New Japan regular at this point. Yeah. I can't get Nosawa Ranga's theme song out of my head lately. He started using this like random Spanish pop song in Pro Wrestling Noah, and I like have it on my iPod. And it's very catchy. My iPhone, I should say. It's very very catchy. Uh, yeah, Suwama's on this show. Suwama and Taru. It's when Sawama was in the Voodoo Murders. So, uh, but yes, the match we got here was for the Triple Crown title: Minoru Suzuki against Yuji Nagata. This was the first of three uh, Nagata Suzuki matches at the Tokyo Dome. Uh, this one went seventeen twenty-two. Uh, they would meet two more times: Wrestle Kingdom five uh, four years later in twenty eleven, and then Wrestle Kingdom seven in twenty thirteen. Uh, they've had twelve singles matches total. So. Um, but yeah, this was a this was an awesome match. I mean, there were like some minor flaws to it, which I didn't even think you would, you didn't seem to even agree with me on. I thought like so it starts off kind of slow because like they do not the first thing they do is start slapping the hell out of each other. Yes, okay. okay. When they go when they go to the floor, it gets kind of slow for a little bit. When Suzuki hits Nagata with this chair shot uh, up against the ropes, it makes a big loud sound up against the ring post. I should say. Makes a big loud sound. I'm sure it mostly hit the ring post. Yeah, it mostly yeah. hit the ring post. But Nagata blades, and he lays there for a long time. Suzuki celebrates in the ring for a long time. It does take a while. And, you know, Suzuki. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. And I just want to let you know about a brand new sponsor we have for the network. It's Eufy. And let me tell you a little bit about their newest product, the Eufy Video Smart E3. 30. This isn't your everyday smart lock. This is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell offering triple the security and triple the convenience. Instead of loading up your door with a bunch of different devices, you install one, and it takes care of everything in a complete package. It's not just about the home security, though. The Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 
is also for convenience. No more worrying about losing keys. You can let each member of your family get a password. You can monitor their movement in and out of the house. You can keep an eye on your packages. You can check in on your house while you're away. There is so much you can do with this product. Best of all, it is easy to install and set up. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. Leave that drill in the toolbox. The Eufy has keyless entry, a 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, a rechargeable battery with a four month lifespan, two way audio from the lock, enhanced night vision, 24 seven customer support. And you'll love this. None of those pesky monthly fees. Eufy sent me a smart lock 330 and I've loved it so far. It allows me peace of mind when I'm at work or when I'm away on one of my patented vacations. Plus, it helps me keep track of deliveries to the house, saves me a trip back to the car if I just need to run in for something and I forgot my keys, and the two-way audio system works well for those unwanted guests at my front door. No, I do not need new siding or windows or a roof. Thank you, though. You can simply tell them you aren't interested from the comfort of your couch. Now, are you ready to ditch the others and join the Eufy revolution? Of course you are. Get started today by searching Eufy Video Lock on your search engine of choice. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can finally, once and for all, gain complete control of your door. Once again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock ufeofficial.com slash video lock and we thank them for sponsoring the voice wrestling podcast network bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Ends up waiting as well at some point. Uh, they, they really just, they fight on the floor too long for me. Like, I'm like, why is the ref not counting, you know? They, they, you you make it a face like you don't agree at all, so I guess that's fine. Uh, but I mean, I still think the match is awesome, especially mm. once they get back in the ring. Um, you know, once they get back in the ring, you know, Nagata starts unloading with these hard kicks. Uh, Suzuki gets him in a headlock, and Nagata gets out with this awesome arm breaker. He like takes his arm and just like slams it down. The crowd goes crazy for that, and the image of Suzuki like gritting his teeth. With a mix of like rage and pain, while the blood runs down his face, just a great image. Uh, and then Nagata hits some more kicks to, to Suzuki's arm and chest. He then gets his famous reverse armbar, you know, with the Undertaker eyes. Uh, and t- before Suzuki finally makes the ropes, they trade headbutts on the mat. Then they start hitting more slaps to the face. You really like the slaps, yeah? They slap the fuck out of each other. So talk more about the slaps or something. Uh, they're fun. They, they hit each other hard. Oh, what can I say about a slap? You, you slap the I'm, other person. I'm setting you up to, hurts. To, to, to say something. Let's yeah. uh, Suzuki comes back with his, a whole series of slaps. Then he hits the God style power driver, but he's too exhausted to cover. So obviously Nagata kicks out by the time 
Suzuki finally covers. Another nitpick, I didn't love the octopus hole after this. It felt like it kind of interrupted the flow of the match or like the, the buildup of it at that point. But it didn't last that long anyway. Nagata got out pretty quickly. And then the only other thing about the match I didn't like, you know, Nagata hits some more slaps to the face. He gets this huge backdrop suplex. He drops Suzuki right on his head. He covers and he pulls Suzuki up at two. It's like the fucking triple crown titles are on the line here, which is like a really prestigious title. Yeah. And like pulling a guy up in a title match like that, like, I really don't you want the title? Buddy? I get. I guess the idea is like, oh, he hates Suzuki so much, he wants to beat mm. him up more. But like, beat him up after you pin him. Yeah. Like pulling up a two. That was. You're bad. allowed to do that. Yeah. I didn't. Well, you're not. But like, I mean, well, was, but you. But, <laughs> no, but no one's ever been stopped. Their, their, their only solution is to ring the bell 50 more times thinking that will make them stop. It's just funny. You said you're allowed to do that. You're not, really. But, yeah, I but mean, no one ever gets no stopped. Ever. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. Uh, very strange. Though, like I said, he pulled him up with the triple crown on the line. But the finish is awesome. So Nagata, he hits another middle kick. Suzuki kicks out at one all of a sudden out of nowhere yeah. at this point. Hits a series of slaps to the face. Nagata counters with a knee. Suzuki starts like slapping at the air, like he's charging around and uh back to like a crazy head. Yeah. Nagata hits another big kick to the head, but Suzuki gets a sleeper hold out of nowhere. He like drags Nagata down by his neck to the mat. That looks so sick. And, you know, Nagata tries to escape, but he finally goes out and Suzuki wins via stoppage. Uh I would say four and a quarter. Yeah. I like the ref stoppage finish. I feel like that's not used enough. Yeah. To this day. Is that what you would give it four and a quarter? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I guess I'm not as into rating as much as everybody else, but okay. I usually just say I like the match or I didn't but Okay. Uh but yeah, so four and a quarter start. Since when? You always give me your fucking ratings via text. These are always ten what's the rant though? And I'm like, I lo- really like them. The rant! And I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> four and a quarter. So I don't understand what makes someone decide a match is Either two or three quarters or two and a half. Well, I could do this. Okay. okay. Okay, here we go. Two stars is bad. That's where bad starts. I know. So what's the difference between a match that's negative one star and negative nothing. one and a quarter? That, okay. that nothing. Okay, two stars where bad starts. Two and a quarter is below average. Not bad, but not, it's not even average. Two and a half is like average match. Everything about this match is completely average. Mm-hmm. I have no feelings on it at all. Two and three quarters is like all right. You know, it's not like... Uh, it's not even fine. It's just like, eh, you're all right. Like, as my grandmother would say. So it's like, uh... There's plenty of two and three-quarter star matches. Troll you right now, but I can't. Okay. So. Three stars is where you start to get to fine. Like, mm. three stars is fine. It, I, you know, I enjoyed it. It had major flaws or something, probably. Three and so a quarter... So like Elgin Naito, yeah. Okay. Three and a quarter was pretty good. Mm. Three and a half is good. Three and three-quarters is great. And then four stars, you're at awesome. Like four, right. If a match is four stars, it's an awesome match. Four and a quarter is more awesome, but just not... And what is seven? Not stars. quite match of the year level. Four and a half is... like That's where you're talking about match of the year contender. Like low end mm. match of the year contender. Four and three quarters is like a match Yano of the year level match. Yeah. No. Yano Evil. No. And five stars is like almost a perfect match. Okay, what about six and seven? Maybe perfect. No, that, that's, that's bullshit. I mean, the only thing I... I struggle with with the star ratings is like under two. Under two is all bullshit. There is no difference between one and three quarters and one and a quarter. Like everything under two is just horrible. Yeah. So you know, any anyone telling you they know the difference between a one star match and a one and a quarter star match is bullshit. A negative five stars is Taka and Taichi. Uh, still, that match is so great. That is the worst is match I've ever you? seen in my entire that fucking life. Till so the day great. I die, I will never forget that match. That match is so that awesome. I've never. 
before hated a match from, so much. From the best of Super Juniors, I love that match. You're that was out the of worst match mind. of the year. That was You're the worst at- match of the decades, century, in existence of human, of all species and life as we know it. That is the worst match of all time. No, it's not Kenny Omega versus whoever. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, it's not... I don't know. I can't even think of one to troll... I don't watch AEW. I can't think of anything to troll you with. Uh, I don't watch WWE that much either, so... What did I say about WWE? I said AEW. Oh, oh. I mean, I watched the pay-per-view, but I actually like Kenny and Moxley. I I thought you... I'm I'm known as, like, the AEW hater on your podcast. (laughs) You did really hate that first pay-per-view. Okay, and I still watch. You don't fucking watch anymore, buddy. (laughs) Anyway, and I think it got better. I watched I watched the last pay per view. It just yeah, it sucked. It sucked. I mean, what do we do? I wouldn't say it sucked. It was pretty bad. It was their worst pay per view so far. Without it was doubt. pretty horrible. I thought that was oh, yeah. There was two good matches. The opening match was fucking awesome. That match was horrible. Okay, well, you're, yeah, I really anyway, we're, we're way off topic. So mm-hmm. let's get to uh, I don't know what, what's uh, well we'll see what's next. I don't know. All right. uh, we got two matches to go. Uh, but yes, any other final thoughts on Suzuki and Nagata? Uh, I'm I'm glad they both still wrestle because they're both still awesome. Did you ever, did you, had you had you ever seen that match before? That match, I don't believe that. Yeah. I don't think I did. I've yeah. seen them have some of their matches, but not that one. Specifically. Okay, I was just wondering. So there you go. All right, folks. So we'll be back in a second with our second to last match as Quinlan makes the, the TV make noise for some reason before I hit stop. Okay. Hit that stop it stop button. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, I haven't hit it yet. Alright, so we just finished watching our fifth match out of six here, which was from Wrestle Kingdom 10, uh, January 4th, 2016. This is in the real crowd era, the very start of the real crowd era. <clears throat> so it did a real crowd of 25,204. Obviously that would grow uh, in the following years. There might have been some foreigners there at that point, possibly. Yeah, I think they were just starting to come. Uh, so this one was headlined by Okada and Tanahashi, obviously, the second... The second straight year of them at the Tokyo Dome. The third overall. Because hmm. they also had lined in 2013. Um, this is the year... Okada finally beats them. Okada finally beats yeah. them. Okay. Um, there's obviously a ton of stuff on this show. I mean, the semi-main event was the Nakamura AJ. I remember, I didn't love that match as much as I didn't else either. did. Okay. I thought it was like a... So, I remember it was just the two of us. I, mean, I, I thought it was a great match. but Four not star like flat. The, yeah. And maybe four quarter. But not like... Like the greatest match. I thought the match he had with the year earlier with Ibushi was much oh, better. Oh, yeah. A I million like, times. Better. I mean, well, not close. a lot better. A lot better. But um, I think we hit the peak of our podcast today with this match. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. That was, also, but also hard to watch in some ways. But. Uh, so <clears> the <throat> match we got was for the Never Open Weight title. Was this the from... Rambo that, that Giotto randomly won, by the way, just so we can make out with an idol? I or believe was that, so. Or was, that, or was it the one where they, the guy won this? promote the charity i don't know i don't know well who was in it jada was in it i think it was jada one i think it was jada Jada one and got the like hug an idol or something uh so shibata i wonder who booked that shibata beat ishii in 1719 to win the never open weight title the Uh, fuck is that rating four and a half it should be fast that match is awesome it's incredible oh god so the other match i really wouldn't mind getting it's it's short it's only 12 minutes but goto and naito yeah being really good that was fourth from the top uh, this is also where Kushida beats Kenny Omega with the roll up to win the junior title because Kenny was going to turn the next night, oh, turn yeah. and go heavyweight. This is when Goto. I was surprised. I thought Naito would get the next title shot, but it was Goto. Yeah, they, so, they, they were going to hold off so they won the New Japan Cup. Yeah, and then meanwhile, beat, Goto had 
really I remember their title match that this led to was really boring. It was not good. Where that Gojo was the one where Goto his body comes from the waterfall and then he match with Okada. But, but, but the whole crowd basically like you're not fucking winning this title buddy we're not falling for it like for yeah. the sixth time and then he beat him and Goto was like I guess I'll join your crew now and I was like uh, okay. Yeah. Um but yeah, there's really like not a ton else on this but show. This, this match I remember you really didn't want to get the awesome. you really didn't want to get the Rigamoto World Title match. No, Jay Lethal, no, Michael Elgin. I just be didn't really good. need to see Elgin. Yeah, uh, there's also where the very first never open weight six man champions were crowned. The oh, Briscoes wow. and Yano beating uh, oh, Fale, yeah. Tamatanga, and New Jersey. And that Hashi. random team. Of the, <laughs> where Yano just said, I'm team with these guys. And everyone was like, why? And they didn't have a tournament or anything either. It was just no, like, just a match. Yeah. Um, but yes, this match is incredible. This was even better yeah. than I remembered, honestly. Yeah, yeah me too. Uh, this is their fourth out of six matches. So at this point, uh, Ishii won that famous match in the G1 in 2013. Mm-hmm. One of the best matches of all time. Yep. That's a, the 12-minute match. Well, that's, like I think stars. got a lot of people in the New Japan. Yeah. Then Shibata beats Ishii at King of Pro Wrestling 2013 a couple months later. I don't really remember that one. Well, you have like the loudest cup oh, of all sorry. time, buddy. Uh, <laughs> people don't even know what that is. Uh, G1 2014, Shibata wins again. So he's 2-1 and one at that point. Actually, no, Shibata wins every remaining match. Because he wins here to win the Never Open Weight title. Uh, you know, from Ishii. And she remember have been coming off that feud against Makabe <clears throat> that went like all 2015 for the Never title. And then Shibata beats him the following month uh, at New Beginning in Osaka to in the rematch to retain the Never Open Weight title. And then he beats Ishii in the semifinals of the 2017 New Japan Cup before he wins the New Japan Cup and then goes on to face Okada, which, you know, we know what happens from there, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, you, you said it throughout this match. Uh, this match is incredible, and uh, you'll definitely enjoy it if you haven't seen it in forever, but man, will it make you miss Katsuri Shibata. <laughs> I mean, yeah. one of the best wrestlers of all time. I really don't even think that's hyperbole. I mean, just... I... I I struggle to come up with anyone who was ever as good at what he was trying to do, you know? I mean, he just beat the fucking shit out of people. He let the pe- people beat the shit out of him, uh, you know, to to his detriment, unfortunately. Uh, but he could, like, you know, even, like, uh, obviously this match he doesn't really show it, but he was great at mat wrestling, too. Mm-hmm. I remember there's a match he had with uh, Sakuraba, uh, I think, at Dominion 2015, I want to say. Where he- where he got the ropes with his teeth. Yeah, I think yeah. he did get the ropes with his teeth in that match. But yeah, he does some amazing mat wrestling in that match. I mean, he was—he really could do it all. And uh, mm. I don't know. I really, really miss him. And this is the kind of match yeah. that will also make you really, really miss him if you watch it. They basically... So they go straight at each other from the opening bell. Yep. Just charge right at each other. Then, this I remembered. They take turns sitting down for each other. And, and yeah. So the other one can hit the soccer ball kick to the back. They start getting... And then getting back up and then... Yeah. But they start getting so gross by the end of these kicks. Mm-hmm. I mean, Shabbat at one point throws a kick where I'm like, you could have broken this man's spine with this kick. I mean, this was disgusting. Um, they just trade these... I, I really, like, struggle to do play-by-play at points of this match because they just go so fast and they just do so much shit. They just keep trading harder and harder lariats and elbows. Uh, Shabbat gets this... Crazy, like charging single leg kick, almost like a single leg drop kick. But where he just—you can see him kick Ishii right in the goddamn jaw. Mm. I mean, he takes this man's head off with his kick. Uh, somehow, it's been five minutes at that point. I'm just like, yeah. they've packed so much into that five minutes. They've already just murdered each other. Ishii starts hitting these 
brutal boot scrapes on Shibata in the corner. You point out who's watching in the corner at that point. Do you remember? Jay White? Yeah. Mm. He looks like a baby. Yeah. It's only five years ago, but I guess that's what happens when you're as young as he is. I mean, he looks like an infant here. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely aged in five years. I guess part of it's the beard and stuff. Yeah. But, like, yeah. He looks like he's he's watching on as Shibata just... Or Ishii just kills this man. Uh, Shibata comes back by just cracking Ishii in the face with this ridiculously hard elbow that just sends Ishii flying. And then Shibata hits his famous drop kick. Ishii no-sells that famous corner drop kick. Uh, hits him with a sliding lariat. Shibata no-sells that and just drop kicks him right in the face. This match is so fucking great. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they get to the, cra- the peak of the match. They both just start no-selling each other and absolutely destroying each, each other. other. Yeah. Just every lariat, kick, elbow, over and over and over again. German suplexes. The crowd is... Absolutely going insane. Mm-hmm. The crowd is losing their shit. It's just like one of those pro wrestling moments the young where Lions like outsiders losing their shit too. I bet it's the like, announcers, yeah. Yeah. If you watch this match, if you watch this part of this match and feel nothing, uh, you might want to find a different hobby. Like yeah. I don't know what you're doing watching <clears throat> wrestling. If you can watch this and be like, oh, it's fine, I don't really care. Like this is just incredible. I could see this as one of the matches you'd show in one of your panels and have the crowd in the panel yeah. like, freaking out. Like, like the, at they, the end of the happens sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I always showed the first one because it was so short yeah, that you I could, mean. you know, and spectacular, that you could show the entire thing in an anime con panel. But yeah, I mean, they, you know, people would cheer, like, at the convention. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they like, Shibata hits this arm breaker off the top turnbuckle, like, just bringing Ishii's arm down over the top rope really hard. Ishii no-sells it, of course, yeah. and hits a sick missile drop hit to the back of Shibata's head. Shibata no-sells it. Ishii hits a lariat, but only gets a one count. Then he hits a sliding lariat, uh, but Shibata kicks out at two. Um, they just keep beating the absolute shit out of each other. I can't keep up with it. They just keep beating the fucking piss out of each other. Uh, we get some gross as hell shoot headbutts. Those are hard to watch now, obviously. Given yes, especially how we know happened to one of them. Yeah. Given how Shibata's career ended, those are hard to watch now. There's only like two of them, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But I saw that... Only two really sick ones. Yeah. I reviewed this Futen match from 10 years, 11 years ago for the uh, Omakase Patreon, which, again, patreon.com slash wrestling omakase, $5 mm-hmm. per month. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that match had like maybe like 20 of them. Like, 20 or something, these really sick shoot headbutts. Mm. And I was like, again, given what we know now, I'm like, I don't... <laughs> this is kind of uncomfortable to watch. Uh, Shibata hits this really sick drop kick. Ishii hits this equally sick lariat. Uh, hits a second lariat that sees Shibata land right on his neck. But they just they just keep kicking out of each other's moves. And then Shibata finally hits this crazy flying kick, followed by yet another kick to the skull, then a PK... And then finally gets the merciful pen at that point. You're just like, thank God it's over. Thank God. Um, yeah. I went four and three quarters. I just don't quite feel five, especially since the two of them had a better match to me, which I, I think the G1 match was five. But it's really, really close. I mean, this is an incredible match. Well, maybe this one's five and the G1 match was six. No. no. Why, well, you think it's five? You think this match is five? Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Absolutely insane fucking match. And, uh, you know, if you haven't watched it in a while, I mean, 
I definitely think it's worth it's worth just, the launch. It will make you miss Shibata. And he's he was even better than I remembered. Yeah, and he hasn't even been gone that long, but it feels like a while. Yeah, four years. I guess yeah, it, it I guess feels it, no. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's been, been four years, so it's been, it feels like four years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still see him on strong sometimes. You know, doing his looking in the standing in the shadows, watching his 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 men fight. But uh, you know, it just. I know he thinks he'll be back one day, but I think by now, if he isn't yeah, back by now, really it's probably not going to... Yeah. Yeah, I don't think this is like a Daniel Bryan, Christian situation. I think he... I mean, he nearly, literally nearly died, right? Like, yeah. he was in a coma. Like, they had to put him in a coma to, like, do surgery on his brain yeah. was the story. I mean, yeah. I mean, it'd be great if he could come back one day, but I've not... It just, I, I'd love to be able to see a... A vision of like an alternate future where his career didn't end after that match and he just kept going to see what where it would have taken him. Yeah, I would love to. I would want to know. I like, mean, he he went out with one of the greatest matches of all time. Yeah, at Okada. but would he have been world champion by now if he hadn't? If that hadn't happened? And yeah, I don't know. He might have. He might not have been. I mean, in a way, it was. A he really, would have been a top guy. It was a really fitting way for his career to end because he was always going to go out on his sword. Basically, like he was not yeah. going to be. Told, he was like, "This is the way I'm going to wrestle." I don't give a fuck if you think it's too dangerous. I don't give a fuck if you think, uh, you know, I, this is just my way. Of, I can only wrestle my way. Yeah. And, you know, he went out having... I mean, there are there's almost no wrestler on Earth. I mean, I'm only thinking the Joe Lanza argument. They got, got, almost got him canceled, so you should probably be careful. Because uh, he called it, like, romantic, and people freaked out at him. But I totally understood what he meant mm. by that. Because he went out with... Like, how many wrestlers on Earth... It, it sucks that he almost died. I'm not trying to well, downplay that. Famous wrestlers who have died in the ring. Yeah. You know I mean, I'm not trying to downplay that he almost died. It's great that he's... You know, you can go back and say this now much more, you know... The fact that he's still alive and, by all accounts, even seems happy with his life. I mean, yeah. he, he seems, seems to, okay. He seems to love being a fucking trainer. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, but how many wrestlers can say their final match in their career was one of the greatest matches of all time. Yeah. Almost none. Almost none. I mean, he went out with one of the greatest matches ever in Sumo Hall with the crowd behind him 150%. Yeah. You know, just, I mean, you know, that's just... Um, the fact that he's with us and seems to be healthy, I mean, the fact that he can't wrestle, obviously makes it is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, I do I do think there is something to the fact that he, he, is, he did go out on his sword. I mean, he went out... The way he was going to... He was only going to wrestle a Katsuri Shibata match. That's it. He was mm-hmm. never going to do... He's never going to tone it down. He was never going to, you know, wrestle a little more safe or whatever the fuck. He was going to wrestle a Shibata match. And that's all he knew how to do. And that's all he was going to do. And, you know... I mean, he talks about this all the time in interviews. Like, I can only train people to wrestle one way. Because it's the only way I know how. So... Uh, there you go. What are you sending a reminder yourself for? There's nothing. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> Quentin sent a reminder to uh, pay his DR. I don't know what he's doing. He doesn't want to tell us. Okay. So we got one match left here. Uh, we'll be back in just a second with that one. All right. So we just watched the final match of this episode. Tetsuya Naito versus Chris Jericho for the IWGP Intercontinental title uh, from two years ago. Wrestle Kingdom 13. Uh, January fourth, twenty nineteen. Do you want to come on here and say I was wrong about what? Say oh, I, no, that's because I got, I didn't realize what match we were watching. Because when I first picked this one, you were like groaned like, "Oh, this match!" And I was like, "What the fuck are you I talking about?" Got confused with the Dominion match. I really like the Dominion one too, but this one's better. This one was I mean, much this, better. This one is incredible. Like this is better than Omega and Jericho. First of all, I have to say that first of all. 
Or you still think good Mega Jack was better? I'm not sure. I have to watch the other one again. This one, I did. This blows. What is the Omega cage match rating for each one? Uh, I think they probably have Omega Jericho higher. These cage oh. match always hates mm-hmm. Naito. Mm-hmm. They have 8.87, but Dave gave this four and three quarters, which mm-hmm. I forgot he went that high on this. It's the same rating I gave it, I guess, to spoil. But yeah, Naito beats him in a no DQ match to win back the Intercontinental Title in 22:35. Uh, so obviously the main event of this was Tanahashi and Omega. I think this was better than Tanahashi Omega. They gave that one. They five gave it five and, and three, three quarters, quarters, of course. Uh-huh. Um, it's close. I think I gave Tanahashi Omega four and a half. So I mean that match was really really good. Uh, third match from the top here is Jay White and Okada. That would have been an interesting one to get. Mm. Um, and then you have like after that it really gets like this was really a three match show. Below that you have. Ishimori and Kushida, that was really disappointing. Is that Kushida? No. That was that... his like last title yeah. match. Yeah, that was his last match, right? No, no, no. He... Oh, no, he did a couple more. He, he faces Tanahashi at Korokan at the end of the month. An awesome yeah, yeah, match. No, no. That was his last yeah, match. Yeah, that was like his last match. Juice and Cody for the US title. That fucking sucked. Uh, uh, I've never enjoyed it. It was like match. nine minutes long. It had like a million run-ins from Brandy. Oh, okay. That match is horrible. Uh, you might be thinking of the one they had in the fall 2018 where Cody yeah. wins the title. That one actually is pretty good. This one is horrible. Um, there's a tag team title match is okay. It's a three-way with uh, Evil Sonata, G.O.D., and the Young Bucks. Uh, Zack and Ishii is good, but it's only 11 minutes. But yeah. Uh, I remember the never title match being really good. Yeah, Osprey and Obushi. I didn't like it as much as some people, but it, it does have a... It has a lower rating than this, according to Cage Match. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, Naito, he jumps Jericho before the bell here. It's basically an exact reversal of the Dominion match, where Jericho jumped Naito before the bell and beat the shit out of him and ended up winning. And it's just very satisfying. Like, Naito, after all the taunting Jericho did and all that shit he did to him in the lead-up to this match, he just beats the shit out of Jericho. He gives him a pile driver on the ramp. He takes the turnbuckle pad off and just starts, like, flailing and just beating the piss out of him with the turnbuckle pad. Uh, But then when Naito finally does his, you know, the fake-out dive he does, he basically does the fake fake fake-out he does sometimes where he acts like he's going to pose and then suddenly starts doing the dive for real. But Jericho's ready. He has a kendo stick. He hits Naito in the face with it in midair. It's also a great spot. And that's like the key for Jericho to take over. Uh, he just beats the piss out of Jericho with it. Or beats the piss out of Naito with it, I should say. The graphic helpfully reminds us this is no DQ. And, and that graphic comes up like six times. Like if yeah. we're going to forget. <laughs> um, I can even hear the, the actor saying, no DQ. And I'm like, yeah, we, we know. Uh, he does like Naito's eye pose in the turnbuckle pad. And then nails him with the kendo stick off of there. That was great. And then he yells, because uh, Chono was at ringside, and he just yells, Hey, Chono, you shit. like that shit? Which yeah. <laughs> is such a great book. And this is like peak Jericho New Japan. Pretty much it's downhill from here, because we were at that Dominion title match with Okada. I mean, I don't that match was stupid. I don't know if you liked it. I thought the finish was stupid, but leading up to the finish, I thought it was fun. Uh, I didn't like that match at all. I mean, the Tanahashi match is good the following year to, in 2020, but I think this is still way better. Uh, Naito, you know, he briefly tries to fight back. Jericho hits uh, another hard kendo stick shot. He, like, drops the kendo stick and hits his corner drop kick to Naito on the apron. And Naito takes this sick bump straight down the back of his neck on the apron off the drop kick. Yeah, they well, show... he didn't need to, but that's what he does. <laughs> they show... He could have just landed on his back. But he's like, on my neck? Him and Ibushi are like, on, yeah, my, ba- on, on my, my neck. neck right? On my neck, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, like... Uh, get, that was, like, right... That, all this was, by the way, in the first five minutes of the match. He, Jericho grabs a camera at ringside. He films himself giving Naito a middle finger. That was kind of funny. He suplexes him on the floor. Uh, then another neck bump. So Jericho beats on Naito. 
He takes him over the announce table. He DDTs Naito on the table. Naito lands straight fucking down on his neck. I mean, the top of his head, straight, straight down. Sick as fucking hell bump. And Jericho then rings the bell himself, declares himself the winner, raises his arms up. Tokodom is so angry at him. He's like, they're just booing the shit out of him for this. They're very mad at him ringing the bell. Uh, Red Shoes, by the way, keeps like, no, he didn't win, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, Jericho then delivers a surprisingly nice crossbody off the top, back in the ring for a two count. Then he starts cupping his hand his hands through his ears like a deranged Hulk Hogan. Uh, Naito finally starts to fight back, but then he runs right into a back elbow from Jericho, who then also crushes him with a lion salt for a two count. I was like, Naito's too far away with his lion salt, especially for old ass Jericho. And I was kind of right because Jericho almost undershoots him and basically just comes down on like leg first all over Naito. It looked nasty, but you know, it worked. Uh, so Naito's dead at this point. Jericho's posing all triumphantly. Uh, but Naito finally start, starts to recover with these big slaps to the face at the 10 minute mark and hits his big diving forearm uh, that leaves both guys down. Naito starts going to more of his usual offense. Jericho like gets his legs up in the corner. When Naito charges in, keeps trying to kick at him. But Naito just like keep, absorbs his kicks, no sells them, and just spits right in his face, mm. which obviously would not fly today. No. Naito obviously would not, not do doing much spitting nowadays. Uh, he spits on Jericho some more, does his pose with one foot on him, you know, the eye pose. Uh, but then when he goes for his combo kick in the corner, Jericho catches his legs and turns it in the walls. Very cool counter. Uh, Naito is finally able to fight his way out. He kicks Jericho off, but Jericho hits Enzigiri, goes for the co-breaker. Naito blocks it, comes back with his signature swinging DDT off the ropes. Then he hits Gloria and goes for the Destino for the first time. Uh, but Jericho blocks it by just, like, tossing him in the mat, which is, like, a way more simple counter than a lot of people counter the Destino with, but, like, Really effective. It just, like, throws him down. Yeah. Uh, then he applies the walls again. Uh, he pulls Naito back in the middle when he nearly makes the ropes. Really sits down on it. But Naito... Then, grabs that kendo stick. Yeah. He grabs the kendo stick. Beats the fuck out of him. <laughs> I forgot that's how he got out of it. Yeah. But I do remember, I, as soon as I saw I'm like, oh, yeah, he beat the... Just, while he was in it, he's just like... Is that the other explanation of why he's... Why would he break if he hit the ropes? Because then how else is he going to get out of it? Because there's no DQ... But then he just grabs a kendo stick. Yeah. Because I've seen that happen in too many no DQ matches where the guy gets the ropes and the guy breaks, and I'm like, well, why? Why would you break? Yeah, I mean, you can't win, I guess, with the guy grabbing the ropes, but like. Yeah, but it's not like if the ref counts to five, you'd be like, what's going to happen? Yeah. He's gonna say, I'll start counting again. Like, <laughs> you can't be disqualified. Yeah. Because it looks made way more sense, obviously. Yes. And then NATO just wears Jericho out some more with that kendo stick. He does this, this really hard shot after whipping Jericho on the ropes. It looks like it sucked for Jericho. Uh,. He runs and hits him with the handle of the stick, which I really liked. And then he starts, like, winding up like he's a member of the Hiroshima Carp baseball yes. team. Like, he's like, oh, he's, like, really I'm winding sure the stick up. that's what he was thinking of, yeah. At bat. But he... Jericho ducks. But he takes so long going for his big home run swing that Jericho ducks it, hits the co-breaker, just makes Naito pay for all his showboating. I remember when I was watching the show live, I was like, is he going to fucking win? Like, I was ready to freak out. But no, Naito barely kicks out at 2.9. Awesome near fall. Jericho is starting to cry almost. Yeah, well, not yet. Actually, not the yet. second yeah. one is where he really Jericho, starts to cry. Yeah. He, Jericho teases picking up the turnbuckle pad and then teases picking up the kendo stick. He tosses them both down. I guess he does pick them up, but doesn't use them. He goes to the outside and grabs a shit ton of chairs instead. 
Uh, he just keeps throwing him in. One of them almost hits Naito on the head. <laughs> yeah, as he just like... flings it without even looking. Yeah. And, just and Naito then, I think, he throws one later that hits like a young one. Well, it hits some young ones at ringside. They have to like jump out of the way as this Naito's flinging these chairs outside the ring. Yeah. He rams, or Jericho rams one of the chairs, chairs into his stomach. Into Naito's yeah. gut, yeah. Uh, hits him in the back with it. He tries for a powerbomb in the chair pile. Naito counters in midair. DDT's DT. Jericho right. hard right on the chairs. It's such a great DDT. Yeah. That, that's when Naito then starts throwing chairs all over Ring. Ring and young lions are dodging chairs being <laughs> flung at them, yeah. Uh, Naito then hits his own code breaker on Jericho. I totally forgot he did that. That was very crowd cool. lost it. We're really excited for that one. Yeah. He kicks out. Jericho kicks out, too. Jericho tries to come back with a superplex off the top. Naito lands on his feet behind him. He German suplexes Jericho on the fucking chair. Mm-hmm. The, the bu- I mean, everybody knows Naito takes crazy bumps. But Jericho the bumps... took crazy bumps in this match. Yeah, the bumps Jericho took in this match are insane. Yeah. Like, I totally forgot. Like, he's taking all this shit on these chairs. I'm like, this guy is killing himself in this match. Uh... Jericho then shoves the ref away and low blows Naito. That's a little weird in a no DQ match. Mm. It's like, what's he going to do if he catches you hitting a low blow, blow buddy? He's not gonna... But uh, whatever. Then he hits another code breaker. Naito kicks out again, and that's where Jericho just does this great job looking like he's about to cry. Uh, weirdly, I remember when I was watching live, even though you'd think the second code breaker at the low blow would get me more. I, I bit more on the first code breaker mm. for some reason. Like, the second one, I was like, I feel like Naito's kicking out of this. The first one, I was like, oh my god, is he going to win again? Maybe because the way he did it, Hat hit out of nowhere. I was like, oh my god. Uh, Jericho picks up another chair. He decides to throw it down again and go for the title belt. He goes outside and gets the Intercontinental title belt. Uh, he calls for Naito to get back up forever. He's like, get up, get up. But Naito counters when he runs in. He sends him into the uh, exposed turnbuckle. Like, he grabs him by the waist mm. and just drops him, hot shots him over the exposed turnbuckle. He then hits the running desk, you know. Jericho kicks out at two. So Naito crawls over at this point and he sees. This white belt, this fucking belt that he hates. Does the eye thing? But at first, he just first like the, this is perfect camera work. The camera shows us the belt before Naito even sees it. Yeah. So Naito's like crawling towards this chair and this title before Naito even sees the belt. The camera focuses on the belt. I'm like, this is, I mean, amazing directorial work, amazing camera work. And Naito then, like you said, he goes over, poses with the eye. He sees this fucking title, this title he hates, this title he. Doesn't even think should exist. All this shit. And he finally accepts it. He picks the belt up. He keeps staring at it in that little pose. And it finally signifies him accepting the stupid title. He hits Jericho in the face with it. Hits Destino. And that's the pin. That's one of the best finishes of all time. I love that finish. And it sets up everything else for 2019 to 2020. Where Naito, instead of rejecting the title, is now like, well, I'm going to be the first guy to ever win the IC and the heavyweight at the same time. Which he, of course, pulled off. I mean, he started saying that, I think, after this match. Mm. He definitely started saying that in January of 2019. Yeah. And I remember when he first started saying that, people were like, is that just a thing he's saying? Is that really going anywhere? Long-term booking. Obviously, it was very long-term booking. Uh, You know, but back when New Japan booking was good, I guess. But this match is incredible. Uh, Just like I remembered. Guess the same rating I gave it then. Four and three quarters. Not quite five. But a perfect payoff for the feud. It led to everything that followed for Naito. I mean, Jericho was crazy in this match. Like, I knew Naito was incredible in this match. I honestly forgot how great Jericho was in this match. Uh, you're making, like, a, a exaggerated head nodding. Do you, want to, do you want to say anything else about the match, buddy? No, it was a lot better than I remember. That match was awesome. I wonder if Tanashi Omega was better than I remember, too. I remember, like, liking the matches but not being able to remember anything about them, like, a few months later. But Yeah. 
these are really but some some of the stuff as I was watching I was like oh I remember this stuff I remember that part I remember how great that was yeah so there you go maybe it was all the craziness that came right after the show happened yeah that's right cause and that kind of distracted me obviously the AW split and everything uh, but yeah, so that was definitely a cool way to end the end the series. I was too hard on our picks earlier because this ended up being pretty great. Yeah, I mean it was, you know, we the, peaked at the end, which is which is better. Yeah, I mean, remember the WrestleMania two... one when the last thing was that fucking Baron Corbin angle. We did not <laughs> peak at the end. There. So, what was the peak? Oh, we peaked really early with Austin and Rock. Yes, yeah, and then we it was all kind of downhill from there. But yeah, uh, we two incredible matches here to end it. Uh, yeah, the the backland the Bob Backlund tag maybe not the most greatest match of all time, but uh, there was really nothing bad though. The Bob Sapp match was really was fun too. Yeah, I mean Suzuki Nagata, Nagata was awesome. Super, it was awesome. Uh, Play match. Fuji Liger was pretty good. Yeah, you know, a little boring, but pretty good. But yeah, overall, I, this was a lot of fun. So we will definitely. We can get together and do this again, maybe when they actually announce... Uh, when New Japan new, is coming back. A new date, yeah. Ugh, so still in the air. There you go. Because uh, obviously there's still many more Tokyo Domes we could do. Yeah. They just remove these six and, uh, you know, pick six uh, more. There's entire decades we didn't touch, so... I know. Yeah. I mean, the randomizer... <clears throat> the randomizer was like, fuck the 90s. And, fuck and the, the, late, 80, the late, late 80s. 80s. Yeah. yeah, the first one I think was 89 or 88, so not that much was 80s. some 80s. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Anything you want to plug, Quinlan? Uh, not really. Do you want to plug an anime or a manga or something? Uh, uh, watch stuff. The, the manga I've been reading. If lately. you haven't gone, go see the Demon Slayer movie in theaters while you still can. If you're a Demon Slayer fan, let me just. You have to be because the movie is canon and it takes place after the entire first season ended, so it helps to. Watch the show, but see that in theaters. If, if you're safe, if you're fully vaccinated, I think I have a friend who made sure he got fully vaccinated so he could see the movie in theaters. So okay. it's worth it. I'm going to recommend a manga, Mato Say Hey No Slave. Yeah. That's the manga I've been reading lately, which is has a lot of fan service. So if you're not into that sort of thing, uh, you might be turned off like by it. it. Okay. No, that's actually not why I like <laughs> it, if you let me finish. Uh, but it has an amazing setting, really unique story, and like really unique like powers for the characters and uh you know it's definitely not a manga i would recommend reading if you're under 18 but uh it's a very very cool manga so oh let me reiterate what i just said i shouldn't just say the demon slayer movie i should say the number one movie in america the it was demon really number one movie it was number one last weekend second weekend wow. it was number one to beat mortal Kombat. wow uh, i mean it helps that there's not many things in theaters right now but i it is the number one movie in america last okay. weekend and well, remember that Mato Say Hey No Slave one because I think they're going to make an anime out of that eventually. I would bet. And that uh, movie's also where they are. But. It's by the same guy who made Akabe No Kill or Akabe Got Kill. I don't. I've never I, seen I've heard it. Of it. Yeah, I it. and like Yuki something is a hero. I, never, I can't remember the name of that uh, one either. Huh. But yeah, uh, Yuki, Yuki Yuna is a hero. Yuki Yuna is a hero. I think is what it's called. I've never seen it either, but it's all stuff I've heard of when I was like, oh, it's the same guy. But there you go. When Nicole and I are watching Madoka again. That's no. what we've been doing lately. She really wanted to watch it. better than the spinoff. She really wanted to watch it. You, you saw Magia Record? Mm-hmm. So am I the only one who liked Magia Record? Yeah, I didn't like it. I thought it was really... like okay. I remember towards the end, it <laughs> felt like it had no point. What, what the fuck are you talking about? It ends in like a big cliffhanger. They're going to do another season. Uh, okay. But yes. I remember I saw Nicole saying stuff about it on Twitter. When I was done, I understood what she was talking about. And it was... I agreed with her. Okay, I will say the story can be kind of weird and like they don't explain anything. Yeah. So like 
it's basic because it's based on a mobile game. So I feel like some of it is like, well, you played the game, so you can go, you know what's yeah. going on. So I get that. But on the other hand, like the fucking like the art in that show is like among the best we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like it has some amazing art, and you know it's like a very aesthetically beautiful show. And the like the in episode drama is really really good. It's just they don't explain anything. So if you if you're the type of person who absolutely needs everything explained. Which Nicole definitely is. I think you are too. Mm. Uh, you're gonna hate it. But if you're the type who can go with it and just enjoy it for what it is, I do think it's worth watching. Oh, also, when are you posting the show? Probably uh, Sunday. All right. So by the time people have heard this, maybe this will be official. But sometime this weekend, it's rumored a new Dragon Ball movie will be announced, and I'm hoping okay. that happens. You know, there's a new Madoka Super. movie announced. Yeah, I know, and a new Sailor Moon. Movie. Yeah, the Madoka movie like is going to be an actual sequel to Rebellion, which I didn't. I was sort of wondering if we were going to get that because if people have not seen Rebellion, I'm not going to spoil the ending, but like it ends on such an open ended. Like you don't think it ends open ended? It ends. Uh, I don't want. I don't want to spoil anything. So. Uh, okay. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Ends, you're right. It, it, it ends to me like there should be more story. Yeah, to, exactly. to wrap it up. That's called open ended. Okay. <laughs> I don't think, think I don't means? think it's like it's like if they didn't end anything after uh, Avengers Infinity War the villain caused the world to be all screwed up and then just got away with okay, it okay again Homer is not uh-huh. the villain the villain of Madoka I know is well obviously that fucking cat bang. that piece of shit but it, I mean I don't really need to see uh, I don't want to spoil it so. <laughs> I mean, we just spoiled a big thing that Cuba is a villain <laughs> Because you don't know that at the start of the show. Well, I'm assuming people have... Oh, yeah. You're right. Well, you're right. But that's, I, that, that's revealed pretty early on, though. And wasn't it like halfway through? Uh, by halfway through, you can kind of figure out that Kubey is... Is a fucking asshole. Is an asshole. I don't know if you can figure does out... does not give a fuck. I don't know if you can figure out he's the villain and, of the entire and he's show. He's also not good at doing what he needs to do. But. Yeah. But anyway, so definitely check out... I'm, yeah. I'm really excited to check out the Madoka movie whenever that comes out. I don't think they have a date yet. But no, I'm really excited. And I hope in the Ava movie gets released in America, too. But yeah. The final Ava movie. <laughs> so there's our anime chat. Yeah, all right. Do you want to plug your Twitter? Sure. I'm underscore not underscore Quinlan. Are you Quinlan? No. Okay. Uh, folks, I know that story. I, I know. We told it like five times, okay. I think. Uh, if new listeners might not know it, but, you know. You were, you were playing Smash Brothers. And I screwed up. Because yeah. <laughs> someone... You were playing... You were not playing as Samus. No. And someone said, who's Samus? And your friend said, I think Quinlan is Samus. And you're like, I'm not Quinlan! I blurted that out. <laughs> I'm not Samus. One of those moments you had to be there for. No, actually, I wasn't there. I just don't think it's No, I don't think Ethan was even there. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so thank you everybody for listening. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at WrestleOmakase. Wrestling would not fit. Uh, <laughs> I see that every time I give that line, Quinlan rolls his eyes so bad. But we got shouted out like five times on this week's uh, Voice Wrestling flagship, by the way. I don't know why, but Joe Lanza, like every time he was talking about how if he didn't want to, uh, you know, it was like, it's hard to explain without listening to the episode. Basically, he was like, you know, if, if everybody died who was podcasting, because he was talking about how everybody does like this rock climbing dies, he's like, I wouldn't be doing podcast anymore he kept saying you have to get your wrestling obakase somewhere else which he always says it really exaggeratedly which is funny i don't know why i just explained his whole bit but mm-hmm. thank you joe for the multiple shout outs on this week's flagship <laughs> even though they didn't sound uh they sounded kind of insulting but thank you uh yeah so you can follow us on twitter at wrestling omakase uh don't forget patreon.com slash wrestling omakase all month in may 
We're going to have another, you know, New Japan uh, one-match series. Probably Naito versus Tanahashi, based on how things are going now. So if you want to hear me recap all those matches, go through that whole period. Uh, you know, I, I can't wait to watch all those matches in order. Maybe Naito Okada or Naito Ibushi will pull it out. Who knows? Uh, but we'll see. Quentin is like doing it, this thing with his hand. It's really making me laugh a lot. Yes, so one of those three matches, or three series of matches, will be on the Patreon. You know, I, I make money from this. You're like ruining my plug when I need these people to, to subscribe and pay me the $5. I don't know. I'm very hard up for cash. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patreon.com slash Wrestling Omikase. Uh, $5 a month. Plus, you can listen to the whole Champion Carnival we just did. <clears throat> Uh, we'll be doing another five matches episode this month exclusively on there, which people always love. So definitely check out the Patreon. In the meantime, folks, I don't know what next week's episode is going to be. Uh, it was supposed to be the Grand Slam from Yokohama and the All Japan uh, Oda War Gym Show. Grand Slam from Yokohama we know is off. Uh, I don't think we know that the All Japan Show is off yet. But uh, John Hernandez is supposed to be my guest. Maybe we'll do something else if uh, we can't do Backlash, sure. What, isn't it WrestleMania Backlash? Whatever the fuck. <laughs> WrestleMania Backlash. Uh, but yes, maybe we'll do a five matches. Maybe we'll just... If the All Japan show actually happens, maybe we'll just watch that. Uh, I don't really know. We have to be very... Uh, you know, what's the word? Very flexible right now mm-hmm. in Japanese wrestling. So, you know, it is a very, uh, very difficult time in all these states of emergency. But hopefully Japan gets their shit together someday. Yep. I, don't, I don't really know what else to say. All right, folks. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.